Welcome back to the ESG Matters podcast. My name is Amat Gomis, and I'm your host. Today, we have Connor Riffle, Vice President of Rubicon, a company that leverages a software platform to equip businesses, cities, and haulers with tools to improve operations, meet their sustainability goals, and ultimately end waste. Welcome to the ESG Matters podcast, Connor. Thanks, Amath. Great to be here. I think just this level set, can you tell us what brought you into sustainability ESG? Sure. Well, I actually got a call when I was about 25 years old, living in Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, working for the Clinton Foundation from President Clinton's foreign policy advisor. And he called me and asked me, he said, President Clinton wants to do something on climate change. What do you know about climate change? And at the time, I didn't really know anything about climate change. But luckily, I had the presence of mind to say everything. So in other words, you heard an opportunity. You said, I'm going to take it right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, and that actually, that got me uh, from Little Rock to New York City, where uh, I started working uh, for the Clinton Foundation on the Clinton Climate Initiative, and then eventually uh, started working with cities around the world that wanted to lead on greenhouse gas reduction. Uh, so I got to work with an organization called the C40, which is an organization of the largest 40 cities uh, in the world dedicated to climate action. And, and that really launched my career in sustainability. That's great. And I'm really interested in the work that Rubicon does. Can you talk a little bit about Rubicon and their goal when it comes to decreasing waste? And there's a really interesting economic development component, urban planning component, as well as working with really interesting business. I was wondering if you could talk about that a little bit. Sure. So Rubicon is a is a technology company. We're, we're actually the largest digital marketplace for waste and recycling solutions. We have sort of two sides of our business. One is the what we call the commercial side of our business, where we're actually managing the waste and recycling portfolios for many, many large businesses. And we help these businesses divert more waste away from landfill and into recycling. And we help them save money as a result of, of doing that. It's very costly to get rid of your material in the landfill, but in many situations, you can actually get paid to recycle. So we help companies to actually save a huge amount of money on their, their waste and recycling through, through actually reducing the amount of waste that they, that they send to landfill. And we actually, we do this by, uh, we don't own any vehicles. We don't own any landfills. Many of the, the businesses, the companies uh, that, that work in the waste space in the U S they're, they're all owners of landfills, but we don't own trucks or landfills. We work with independent haulers. So, you know, a lot of mom and pop shops, small businesses where they actually collect garbage and uh, we actually empower them to, to, to collect from our customers. So that network of haulers, there's thousands of, of, of haulers that we work with across the U.S. And uh, that network of haulers really powers our waste collection operation across the, the country and, and actually uh, around the world. The other side of our business is the smart city side, where we actually make technology for, for uh, municipal haulers. So any city that owns its own garbage fleet and does residential waste collection, we actually make a suite of software that helps them run those operations in the most efficient way possible. And we do this both for city governments that own their own fleet, but also for private haulers that might service 
uh, residential uh, cities. They might service homes, for example, in a particular city. And that software helps these cities become more efficient, helps them run waste and recycling collection operations much more efficiently and sustainably, helps them track how much waste they're sending to, to landfill, and, and helps them do things like optimize the routes that, that they use to, uh, to, to pick up the garbage at everybody's home every day. Most folks don't think about this, but it's very expensive to run a, a waste collection operation in a city. And often waste can be one of the top five costs that a municipality faces in delivering services for its residents. Uh, you have to buy expensive trucks, then you have to send these, you have to staff these trucks, then you have to send these trucks around to every single person's home at least once a week. So it's very expensive and there's a huge amount of savings, taxpayer savings that we can deliver through helping these, these cities run that operation efficiently with software. What's really interesting about that to me are two things. When you talk about the on the business side, working with businesses, you're really helping drive down the operating cost uh, as far as a business like a real estate management or property management firm. And then on the public side for cities, you're helping them manage something that you just mentioned, which is such a huge cost uh, center for their business, for their operations and for the city and things of that nature. I wonder when you think about the trash collection and the technology, are there certain technologies that you've seen or that have been developed by Rubicon that could be leveraged for other purposes other than trash? So for instance, you know, when you talked about optimizing the route for trash collection, that could also be a play to decrease a carbon footprint for a city that has a science-based target. Have you started to think about leveraging your technology to do to meet other needs that cities or businesses may have? Absolutely. So a really a core value proposition for our technology is the sustainability benefits of what we can do. On the for businesses, just to use them as an example, uh, there's a significant amount of carbon emissions that we can save them. Uh, simply by transitioning streams from the landfill to uh, to recycling. The EPA publishes uh, something called the WARM model, which actually tracks the carbon savings from shifting a ton of material that goes from a landfill, shifting that to recyclables. And it's quite significant because as waste and as material goes to landfill, it sits there. It doesn't decompose. Uh, over time, these landfills just uh, effectively create methane, which is one of the most powerful greenhouse gas emissions. And in many situations, that methane just escapes into the atmosphere and, and helps to, to exacerbate climate change. So every ton of, of material that we can transition away from landfill and into recycling can really, really help improve the sustainability profile for a business. And that, that can translate into things like scope one, scope two, and scope three emissions reductions. The same thing is true in cities. In cities, Cities have to pay for waste that they that they throw away in the landfill, and this is where your the the waste that you as a as a homeowner or as a resident in the city that you throw away goes directly in many cases in the landfill. So the amount to which we can help the city pick up the trash in the most efficient way, and then give them visibility into how much of of that that material is going to landfill versus how much is going to, to recycling, that can help them really begin to think about all right. How does how we handle garbage play into the emissions profile of our city as a whole? Now, if you look at the emissions of the city, most are going to come from things like transportation, buildings. Waste is going to be on average somewhere between 1% and 5% of a city's total GHG emissions. If you look at kind of that the pie chart for a typical city. 
But cities also have a huge impact in the policies that they set that can actually go beyond that. A lot of waste is generated in the city and then taken elsewhere, taken outside a city. So it's it's not necessarily clear that that always gets captured. So tracking this is really the first step towards for, for a city or for a business. Tracking how much waste you're sending to landfill and how much you're sending to recycling is really the first step in, in trying to get a handle on what is the impact of all this garbage we're generating for, for our greenhouse gas emissions profile. We're also looking at expanding to kind of get back to your original question, Amath. We're actually looking at expanding our technology into other areas as well that also have a, a, a kind of carbon intense operational focus. So, for example, in garbage, you've got to send these very expensive polluting trucks up and down every single street at least once a week. But there's other operations that a city does and services that a city provides that where the same thing is true. So snow removal is another really good example. Very big trucks, right? They got to go up and down every single uh, street during a snowstorm. And you know you might have five, six, seven snowstorms a year in a city. So this can really add up. And then the other one is street sweeping. So these street sweepers have to sweep every single street by law. We've got to make sure that that can get done in the most efficient way. So tracking the mileage, uh, helping them design routes that are efficient, those are all things that help to, to optimize the kind of the sustainability profile, both for garbage, but also for snow and for, for street sweepers. Yes, and a lot of this is going to become even more and more important because according to the UN, more than 68% of human population will live in cities or urban areas by 2050. So within our lifetime, we will see a mass migration into cities the likes of which we've never seen before. And imagine the issues that we're facing today being compounded by millions of more people leveraging, using the services, creating that much more garbage and trash that needs to be hauled out and the amount of pressure that both businesses located in centers where there's a large population as well as cities having to take on this great mass of humanity and having to help get rid of the trash and things that the waste that's being generated. So I think it's a it's a really interesting opportunity for folks who are thinking about sustainability to understand things like trash and what Rubicon can do. And if you're in a business or a city that is growing, or even a a county that's growing, I think it would be very important for them to understand that this is something that today may not be a big issue, but the issue is only going to grow. And it's better to tackle it today as opposed to waiting for an issue to arise. So I, I think that's really important uh, to sort of highlight for folks. I, I agree. I, I really couldn't agree more. And, you know, what's so interesting about what you just said, Amoth, is that the, we are moving towards a world of 9 billion people. And so we, we just don't have space for that many people unless we have cities. We know that the residents of cities are more efficient. They take up less space. They have a lower carbon footprint. They do things like they take public transit. They don't, they don't drive as much. All these things contribute to the, the greenhouse, the personal footprint of a city dweller being smaller than the footprint of somebody who dwells outside a city. And that's really, really important because as we go to a world of 9 billion people, cities are essential for, for helping us get there in a sustainable way. We have to have cities that operate efficiently that operate sustainably and basic things like picking up the trash are part of it. We've got to have all these various services be really, really efficient so that we can 
we can fit as many people into these cities as possible so that that we can create an earth that where our resources are used as efficiently as possible. And then switching gears a bit, when you're thinking about the value chain of Rubicon, you, you talk about this is really a technology company that's solving garbage or a waste disposal issue. When you think about the businesses or the cities or the haulers or even the ways in which you can create software to meet their needs of of the various stakeholders, what areas do you think need the most either improvement or education to better deliver your service? I ask that because oftentimes we're seeing that there's a great service provider, but sometimes it takes a lot longer to onboard them or to get people to understand the value it brings or to decrease the amount of suspicion that folks may have based on other failed attempts. So I'm curious, what has been your experience there at Rubicon? Well, I think that the message that we just talked about, about how important it is to run these city services efficiently, city leaders need to take account of because we're dealing with a massive urbanization and the pandemic has exacerbated that by uh, helping kind of second and third tier cities across the U.S. grow even more rapidly than normal. And that's putting a lot of stress on basic citizen services. So I think you know, the sooner we realize it, and the answer to that really is something that's encapsulated in this concept of a smart city. The idea of a smart city is just a city that runs efficiently with technology. And with technology, you can begin to do things like become proactive. You don't necessarily need to wait for uh, somebody to put out a bunch of bulky trash on their street and for the garbage collectors to come by to, to see it and then pick it up, which might take a few days. That's kind of the standard for the way bulky trash gets picked up in a lot of cities. Instead, with technology, we can have residents schedule that pickup via an app on their phone and only set it out a few hours before the truck comes by. And that way you've got less garbage on the street, you've got less litter, right? You've got less of a safety hazard. So this concept of smart city is one that I think we've had a lot of success in some cities embracing, but, but with the pandemic, I think it's very clear that we need to deliver these, these services as efficiently as possible. And technology is the answer to that. So one of the things that happened off with the, with the pandemic is all of a sudden the work that used to happen in a city hall, or for example, municipal town hall couldn't happen because a lot of that was based on paper and had to be done in the office. Well, that we now know that that's no longer to be the case. We've got to figure out digital ways of operating. We've got to figure out how to digitize as much of the work of government as possible. And so that's the message that I think hopefully more and more city leaders are beginning to, to grasp. And that will certainly help to accelerate our work and the work of other companies like ours that are focused on creating a, a city that can be run digitally and citizen services that can be, that can be delivered digitally. So we talked a lot about, and I think there's an assumption that I have at least, that most of what we're discussing really revolves around cities and established cities, number one, and cities that are in North America and probably Europe. We know that there's a great deal of humanity that will grow in population and are moving to cities in a much faster rate and creating cities in the global south and sub-Saharan Africa and Southeast Asia. And I think that brings a really interesting opportunity for a business like Rubicon 
from a sustainability perspective, when you talk about smart cities and the services you provide, if you were to advise a leader that can create, literally create a city from scratch, what would be, I guess, the things that you would recommend they do to set the groundwork for smart cities? And then what would be the next level things that you would say that as you grow and as you improve, these are the type of technologies that a company like Rubicon can help them create or help them initiate. And then also for those businesses that would operate in these environments as well, what what suggestions would you have for them as well? It's a great question. I, I think there's a couple of simple answers. I mean, one is for anything new, it has to be digital. It, it has to be sustainable. It has to be net zero. Those are kind of the three things that I would lay out for you know any new any new urban development those principles mean that that it's going to have to be based in technology and software from the beginning so anything that can be based on software should be prioritized and because it's flexible anything that allows you know for example uh, just to 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 give a couple of examples we should figure out ways to from the get go do trash collection in a digital way any trash collection, the dumpsters should have sensors in them, or they should be smart dumpsters so that we know when the trash needs to get picked up. If possible, the vehicles that collect that garbage should be digitized so we know when they're coming and we can we can optimize for that. And then in addition, they should also be electric or at the very least, some sort of, of clean burning fuel so that we don't see significant deleterious climate impacts from 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 transportation related to, to to waste that digitization is really a core principle and then sustainability and climate change angle I mean it has to be part of, of any we've got to we've got to be thinking about the greenhouse gas impact of of new development we've got to be thinking about how we we do things like ensure that new buildings are both mitigate greenhouse gas emissions so for example, there's a lot of work happening right now to make sure that we can electrify buildings as much as possible and to make those buildings as efficient as possible. So using the most efficient windows, those are, those are all really important principles for new build going forward. The reason that new build is such an opportunity and why we need to put such strict standards on kind of thinking about any new hypothetical city is that most of humanity is going to live in existing cities those existing cities are much harder to improve. It just takes a lot more effort. So anything brand new, you have an opportunity to start from scratch. And that's why it's really important to embed kind of that digitization, that sustainability and that climate angle um, from the the beginning. And when you talk about the existing cities and how that's where the vast majority of the population will flock to because of businesses and economic opportunities and things of that nature, you talked about the ability to improve the building codes for new buildings and for new construction. Are there other aspects that when you've worked with clients in these existing cities that you've seen them implement that have been a game changer for them that leveraging Rubicon's platform? Just And, and I ask that because I think for a lot of people, sometimes it's easier to conceptualize the value when they understand how another organization has done it in a similar way that they're facing or they're, they're struggling with. Sure. Well, the key thing, I think the, the thing that's our best examples come from how we've helped businesses and cities manage waste. 
And I'll just give you one example on the business side. We work with businesses to, to help save them money on their waste bill. Business might have, any given business might have a, a waste bill that you know, is anywhere from 1% to 5% of their, uh, of their overall spend. And that can be significant, right, in, in very large businesses. So how can we optimize and how can we drive that cost down as much as possible for them? And that's something that every business can get behind. Hey, how can we save you 20% on, on what you're spending on your, your, your garbage bill right now? And it turns out that there's a really, really easy answer to that, which is just convert as much of your, the material that you sent to landfill uh, away from that landfill stream and, and towards recycling. And that's a good thing because what it does is it aligns our incentives. Our incentives is to help you save money. And the incentive, uh, the way to do that is to recycle more. So all of a sudden we have an alignment between how we make money and doing good for the earth. And that is a core element for how, how the power of using capitalism to, to solve the environmental crisis. And every business, you can have some businesses that are, that are really motivated by their desire to, to give back and to protect the earth, but you can also have other businesses that may not necessarily be motivated by that, but they, what they are motivated by is saving money. So that alignment is really, really critical, and we need to scale that same alignment up in as many other industries as possible so that we can really, really harness the power of, of capitalism to solve, to solve environmental challenges. With, with cities, it's really similar. And I think the first step with cities is, is helping them make the delivery of garbage collection as efficient as possible because it's extremely expensive. And... As these cities grow, as we add more people, the cost of collection just continues to go up and up. So the first thing we've got to do is, is help cities get a handle on those costs, help figure out a way to drive them down. And that same alignment exists that I was talking about on the business side exists for cities, which is that the city wants to save money. It wants to do its job as collecting the waste in as efficient a way as possible. Well, software helps them get there. So there we have an alignment between what we do and something that's going to be helpful for the city. And that is that kind of magic match, I would say, that really helps businesses like ours succeed and, and cities that work with us to, to thrive because our incentives are, are really aligned there. So I, I would say that's step one on cities. And then step two on cities is, is to actually help them do more with the material that they're collecting. So right now, a lot of cities, they might try to go out to the market and get the best deal possible for, uh, for their uh, old corrugated cardboard, for instance, or for their, their plastics. But maybe that's not the best deal that they can negotiate. Maybe there's other opportunities out there. Maybe we can get creative in how we help them dispose of that material. So there's a lot we can continue to do, I think, for the future in, in, with these cities and helping them kind of go to the next level in sustainability. But it really starts with just the basics, delivering the existing waste and recycling service in the most efficient way possible. Once we do that, then we can, we, we have extra money, right? That we can say like, all right, now how can we go out and tackle um, some of these, some of these other uh, sustainability challenges? And Connor, if someone wanted to get a hold of you and understand or talk to someone at Rubicon about engaging your services or to learn more about what you're capable of for their specific situation, how would they contact you? Sure. So they can visit our website, rubicon.com. 
And we've got a bunch of great resources up there, a bunch of great case studies up there about how we've helped cities. We also recently just had a, a phenomenal documentary come out about our work with the city of Santa Fe. So I encourage everybody to watch that. It's available on YouTube. You can find the link from our website. And that's through our work with Amazon Web Services, AWS, and the amazing city of Santa Fe and all the work that they've been doing on, on waste collection and, uh, and recycling. So those are two links I would encourage you to check out, rubicon.com. And, uh, and then you can find the link to the, to the PowerPoint series, which is called Climate Next. And that's also available on the website. So those are, those are two great ways to get in touch and, and uh, let us know if there's anything we can do to, to support you. Well, thank you so much, Connor from Rubicon for being a guest on the ESG Matters podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Thank you so much. Thanks, Amath. Appreciate the invite. Thank you for listening to the ESG Matters podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe to the ESG Matters podcast on your choice of podcast platforms. This podcast is brought to you by Amat Gumis and theme music by Dexter Thomas.